The modernization of the U.S. Copyright Office could take many forms, but up to now, it is mostly taking a long time. Welcome to Copyright Clearance and podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. Every Friday, we welcome to the microphone Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, for the latest in publishing news. And welcome back to the program, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. Well, listeners will know that you have a very special interest in copyright law and regulation, and you've reported recently and extensively on the push-on in Congress to make the U.S. Register of Copyrights a presidential appointee rather than to be designated by the Librarian of Congress. That proposed bill has been on something of a fast track, but this week the unexpected release of a report from the Library of Congress Inspector General's Office throws a startling twist into the tale. So tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, basically, I've been on the phone quite a bit with the Hill this week. Uh, it's been very interesting. The bill that we talked about last week, which is the Register of Copyright Selection and Accountability Act, that's H.R. 1695 for those of you playing along at home, the bill that would make the Register of Copyrights a presidential appointee, cleared its first legislative hurdle pretty much right after uh, we got off the air last week. It passed the House Judiciary Committee uh, by a 27 to 1 vote less than a week after it was in introduced. So as you say, on a really fast track, to say the least. The bill is definitely being rushed, and that's on purpose by his co-sponsors. And it was all set to go to the floor, actually, on Monday, but that did not happen. And I'll, I'll say a little bit more about that later. But the wrinkle that you refer to is a report on Monday that was released that was actually prepared by the Library of Congress Inspector General. Uh, it's dated February 2017. And that report revealed mismanagement at the Copyright Office. And it even suggested that former copyright executives, copyright office executives, I should say, had misled Congress. The report was first shared on the website TechDirt by Mike Masnick on Monday. And it raised questions about the leadership uh, of former Register of Copyrights Maria Palante at a time when Congress is rushing through this bill that would essentially remove oversight of the new uh, Register of Copyrights. Now, a few things first. Uh, this report was not intended for public release. It was an internal report at the Library of Congress, but it was entered into the record at the bill's markup session last week. That's the, the bill that we just spoke of, H.R. 1695. It was actually entered into the record last week, and I suspect that's probably how someone at TechDirt was able to track it down and make it public. And the, it sort of reopens the discussion that we had last year about why uh, Librarian of Congress Carla Hayden, just a month into the job, decided to remove Maria Palante from her post as Register of Copyright, a move that was really met with deep suspicion and dismay in the content industries and in Congress. Okay, so the Library of Congress Inspector General has documented its concerns over spending and management at the Register's office, but what exactly are the details here? So specifically, the report references an electronic licensing project at the Copyright Office dubbed Eli. It was launched in 2010 with a $1.1 million budget approval, but the report notes that over six years, those costs ballooned to $11.6 million, and then the project ultimately had to be scrapped in October of 2016. Now, the report concludes that the Copyright Office executives not only mismanaged the project, but they failed to disclose the project's lack of progress and cost overruns. In fact, they reported to the Library of Congress that progress was being made and then was on track, uh, when in fact it wasn't on track and costs were, were greatly uh, out of line. They also failed to report it in the Library of Congress's system. It just had a system where it was like color-coded, where they could mark whether or not the, the project was behind or on time or whatever. 
And they consistently pretty much said it was on time, even though they knew the project was not coming in and was running well over budget. Now, that all sounds kind of bad, but let's just get this out there. No one has outright accused Maria Palante of lying to Congress. One person, perhaps Zoe Lofgren, in the hearing sort of alluded to this, but there's no criminality here. No one's, it's not really uh, an issue of Maria Palante uh, lying to Congress. Rather, this was just a review of a project that just didn't seem to go well. And there's been plenty of those in government, absolutely. And while it seems to suggest that Hayden did indeed have a reason for removing Palante from her role as the register, uh, the library this week would not say whether the report played any role at all in her removal. Rather, my sources on the Hill, which are pretty plugged in and really good, told me once again that Maria Palante's removal was more because she just simply wasn't a team player and really didn't want the Copyright Office to be overseen by the Library of Congress. Now, of course, in January, Maria Palante was tapped to lead the Association of American Publishers. Uh, but I would caution listeners not to get too caught up in relitigating Palante's case for removal at the Library of Congress or whether she was unfairly bounced. You know, the fact is that happened. Uh, and the situation that we are in now with this new bill, it really does stem from all of that. And I think the question now is whether the IG report raises enough questions to get Congress to slow down and really think about whether it wants to push through this measure, whether it really wants to give Donald Trump the power to choose the next register of copyrights, or whether it wants to really take its time to see what Carla Hayden can do and how to really best go about fixing and modernizing the Copyright Office. In a moment, uh, Andrew Albanese returns with the Friends of Copyright on and off Capitol Hill. I'm Christopher Keneally, Copyright Clearance Center's Beyond the Book. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at PublishersWeekly.com slash PWRadio. I'm Christopher Keneally with Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly on CCC's Beyond the Book. Before the break, Andrew, you said uh, it sounds to you like Maria Palante's legacy is still looming over the Library of Congress. Why is that? Well, you know, there's a lot of factors here, but yes, I think what we're seeing now is that we're still trying to solve a problem called Maria. (laughs) Sorry, I just had to work that in somehow. But don't take my word for it. You can listen to Bob Goodlot, the, the, the current bill's sponsor, original sponsor, if you watch the markup hearing or read the transcript, both of which you can do on Congress's Judiciary Committee website, on the House's Judiciary Committee website. There's a really interesting exchange between Zoe Lofgren, who's the one holdout on the committee against this bill, and Bob Goodlett. Basically, Lofgren says the bill is bad. Uh, it's going to delay modernization at the Copyright Office. And she you know, runs down a number of reasons why she's you know, opposing it and offering amendments to it, to which Goodlett comes back and replies. And I'm going to quote him here. I'm going to read what he has to say. Quote, this problem could have been avoided in the first place if the prior register had not been forced out. He goes on to say that Palante had spent years working with us, us being Congress, to identify copyright policy issues that needed this committee's attention. And I would say that notwithstanding the gentlewoman's contention that this bill will set back modernization, every single major copyright organization in America supports this bill. 
Now, to me, that's awfully revealing, not only for what it says about Maria Palante's legacy hanging over Congress, but what it also says about Congress, that Congress thinks having the copyright groups on board is really what counts here. The big complaint against Palante, our listeners may know, was that the copyright office under her became a quote-unquote captured agency. That is basically that it looked mostly to the copyright industries as its constituency and not the public. And with this comment, sure seems to me that Goodlett seems to take that very same view. Well, indeed, this is all pretty juicy stuff, but where does it leave the bill? Is it still on a fast track? Yes and no. So sources on the Hill tell me that, that Goodlett and Conyers really need a win here. After two and a half years conducting a copyright review, they really want something to pass. They just need something to justify the work they've done over the last two and a half years. And they think that this is pretty low-hanging fruit. They think a lot of people agree that the Copyright Office uh, needs to be overhauled, and this seems like a pretty simple, indeed, it's a five-page bill, and they think they can get this done. Uh, and if they don't get this done... Well, I don't think it's going to be terribly good for them. But the bill has hit some turbulence. On Monday, it was pulled from the floor for what I think is an administrative matter. But more concerning is that my sources on the Hill tell me that Nancy Pelosi objects to the bill. And on the Senate side, where Goodlett and Conyers, I think we're hoping for a relatively streamlined process and quick movement there. That's also not looking so likely. And of course, you know, this would have been easier before the Inspector General report pointed out that there might actually be an issue worthy of deep examination here and not just sort of a rush job going through. And I'll add one other thing. Uh, my sources on the Hill also tell me that the optics here are really bad and that the Black Caucus is also not pleased that the first African-American Library of Congress is getting some pushback on this stuff, too. So I think the more time uh, they take looking at this bill, the better the chances it's going to be stopped. Uh, after all, I think there's a reason why you rush through legislation like this sometimes. Well, indeed. And, you know, while it may be fast-paced, chatting with Andrew Albanese is never a rush job. We try to cover the issues as closely as we can. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Book. My pleasure, as always. Next on Beyond the Book, the Ministry of Education of the People's Republic of China counts over 2,000 universities and colleges across the country, with more than 6 million students pursuing bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Next week in Beijing, the China Written Works Copyright Society and Copyright Clearance Center are co-organizers for a day-long seminar on copyright challenges and solutions for digital libraries. As Ella Chen, General Manager of Charlesworth China, a Beijing-based provider of published representation for the China market, recently told me China has seen striking gains in its publishing sector and especially for scholarly content. Oh, as we all know, China produces now a rapidly increasing amount of scholarly output every year, succeeding almost all other countries and come very near to that in the U.S. Um, I think it takes almost about 25% of all such scholarly output globally, so it's a huge amount. Opening up China to content, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries RightsDirect and Ixis drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Mm-hmm.